Holiness is perhaps the most misunderstood concept in Christianity. Anyone who has striven to follow the life of Christ will tell you that it is impossible. No one can match His love, no one can match His grace, and no one can match the compassion of Christ. For no one but Jesus is perfect and holy. Once the believer is filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, though, he or she is filled to the brim with the love of Christ and desires nothing more than to please God and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. The love of sin is then gone, and in its place is a love and compassion for others. That is Christian holiness. And this is Christian Holiness Daily. President Ulysses Grant has, in recent years, become a hero of mine. Many 20th century historians painted the Civil War general and 18th president through the lens of politicians and military men who were jealous of him and biased against him. They called him a drunkard and a naive politician. Newer biographers rely on the accounts of those who knew him best, and from their research emerges a portrait of a diminutive, unassuming, self-confident, brilliant, pragmatic, and determined strategist. Grant never sought command over the armed forces of the Union. He sought only a role commensurate with his West Point training and experience. He was certainly not pro-slavery, but he had never taken a stand against it prior to the war. He had, in fact, worked his Missouri farm using slaves that were given to him by his father-in-law. Early in the war, though, he was compelled to take a radical stand. Long before Lincoln freed the slaves, General Grant declared that the nation could remain united only if all men were free. He sought only to lead his troops, but because of his dogged determination and brilliant mind, he soon led the North in new hope and onward toward victory. Even before Grant defeated Lee, he became a hero. The press followed him everywhere. His likeness appeared on the front pages from Washington to Maine. Both Democrats and Republicans talked of nominating him for president in 1864. Congress reinstituted the rank of Lieutenant General to honor him, a rank that had been retired after George Washington died. Abraham Lincoln, who had ascertained the Grant aboard the idea of running for president, concurred with Congress and made General Grant the General of the Army of the United States. If Grant did not seek greatness, it certainly was thrust upon him. Though his life is largely forgotten by generations of Americans who can barely describe the Civil War or identify Lincoln, and though his life has been misrepresented in the media, I have to wonder what made him great. Why was Grant a hero and hailed our country's savior before he had even set upon the task of vanquishing the Confederate Army in the East? While one can hardly reduce his appeal to one aspect, the man did possess one quality that stands out in every biography, good or bad, old or new. Even those historians that wrongly portrayed him as a drunkard mentioned this one quality as a key to his success. That quality? He never gave up. In the Battle of the Wilderness in early 1864, Grant for the first time faced off with Robert E. Lee in battle. Lee was a brilliant and cunning and determined man, just as Grant was. Lee had the advantage of fighting at home. He knew the country and the terrain, 
The people of Virginia were Lee's families and friends. They supported him. Grant was the invader, far from home, unfamiliar with the country, and faced odds that seemed insurmountable. Lesser men than Grant would have fallen back. In fact, other generals had encountered Lee and previously lost to Lee in the same part of Virginia. Many Union generals were wary of Lee and all of them respected him. Grant, though, was determined, and it was his determination that set him apart from all others and accounted for much of his mass appeal. Sure, other Union generals were determined as well, but Grant never faltered, even when the cards were stacked against him. One incident in the Wilderness Campaign illustrates that point vividly. Grant's armies were facing off against Lee's in what is better described as a jungle than a wilderness, old-growth trees, impenetrable undergrowth, unfamiliarity with the land, fog, and smoke were as much an enemy to the Union troops as the Confederate soldiers. After initial setbacks, Grant regrouped and began again. Grant had purposefully been silent, telling Lincoln little about the progress of the battle. One day, though, he discovered a reporter had decided to sneak through the lines to Washington to file a story. Grant called the reporter aside and in a hushed tone said, If you see the president, tell him for me that whatever happens, there will be no turning back. That determined attitude, the sort of attitude that resolves no turning back, is the one thing missing in lives of Christians today. Determination, discipline, and faith are all part of the walk with Christ. If we truly seek the heart and the mind of Christ, we must first repent of our own sins, trust in Jesus, allow His Spirit to live through us, allow Him to discipline and disciple us, and finally, we must determine to follow Him, no turning back. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15:58 in the ESV, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. An old hymn is also worth recalling. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Well, thank you for joining us at Christian Holiness Daily. We hope you will tune in again real soon. So long.